0: Dan Cavallari, slow guy on the fast ride, here with the other slow guy on the fast ride, Mark Still. I'm the slower guy. The slower guy. It's always an order of magnitude. But we've got our our Rebuild Mark shirts on, because you just had your big event, Unbound Gravel. You've been preparing for this since, what, uh, December? Well, we thought about it December. The actual riding and such started uh, last week of February, I think. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) thinking about it is the hardest part sometimes. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well... First of all, congratulations, you went and did it, which is an accomplishment in and of itself. Yes. You had yourself quite the adventure. I did. Uh, Give us the quick rundown of your Unbound Gravel 2023 experience. Yeah, so we got to town, uh, me and Brad,
1: one of our other associates, another, he's not slow. I don't know how he got mixed up with us. Is he
0: medium or fast guy? He's relatively fast. Fast, okay, fast. Uh, He he
1: did the 100, finished well, top 20%, uh, not bad.
0: Yeah, that's good. So we got there Wednesday.
1: Cute little town. Emporia is everything they say it's going to be or that people want it to be. Uh, Walked around Wednesday afternoon, walked around Thursday, did a little media stuff on Thursday. Um, You know, the town's beautiful. I cannot believe how Emporia embraces this event. I was a race promoter, director many times for small events, and and it was horrible. You know, towns didn't want <laughs> cyclists there. Stores didn't want us in the store. Not the case in Emporia. You can expect to be welcome with open arms when you get there. Yeah. Uh, the expo was really good. It was huge, and people did comment it was a bigger expo than usual. Really? Okay. Yep, so we got to see some friends there. We got to see the Alchemy oh. folks there and a few others. It was great. The expo was good. Probably spent a little too much time walking around the sun. It was quite warm, uh, but it was good. It was fun. And then by Friday afternoon, we were ready to kind of wind down and get ready. So we got us some food and um, sat under our little tent. We camped out at the fairgrounds which was my first time camping since I was a Boy Scout at nice. probably 8, 10 years old. Man, you were full of just new I was just doing new stuff. Um, and we were ready. And, I, you know, we went into this, I went into this, knowing that not terribly prepared. I, I looked right before. I had to look in on Strava. But I have ridden since I got the bike from Alchemy last week of February, I rode it once around the block, got terribly ill. Not COVID, probably the RSV right. thing. couple of weeks off. So I, I didn't ride, but about 900 miles before the start uh, Saturday morning. Not a lot, but I felt pretty good. I was having some pretty terrible neck pain and that turned out to do much better on the day than it had before. Uh, But if everything went well, I thought there was a pretty good chance I could make the cutoff at 3 Mm a.m., maybe even midnight uh, based on the times I was riding before. Did not work out that way. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Yeah, But anyway, it was awesome And, and exciting to roll up to the start. With that many, there's four thousand people this year in the event. Yeah, the bulk of which started right then, and uh, it was just crazy how many yeah. people were there.
0: There's a great video of Mark rolling out from the fin- uh, from the starting line on our Instagram at uh, Slow Guy on the Fast Ride, and it'll probably be right here too. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, you know, and I was excited because I got to watch you roll out. On the, I was I did not attend the event; I was uh, watching from home. You were sorely missed. Uh, I, I'm glad to hear that. It's nice to hear, uh, but. Uh, I was, I was really, I got chills watching you go off yeah. in the start. Because first of all, 200 miles is no joke. No. Uh, that was an ambitious choice. Yeah. How do you feel about that choice now? In retrospect,
1: um, I could not have made a different choice because that's just me. Uh, <laughs> but it would have been smarter to ride the 100. Yeah. Um, a lot smarter to ride the 100. Yeah. And, and, and because uh, basically I didn't make the cut at the first checkpoint at 79 miles or 77 miles. So I didn't quite get there in time. We'll talk about how that happened. It was not because I couldn't pedal. Um, But if I had done the 100, I would have made the first water oasis uh, at the same, probably the same time I I did, which was quite a ways into it because of the hike a bike in the mud. If you've been watching any coverage, you've seen that. Uh, But then I would have just taken a left instead of a right, been at the checkpoint at mile 65, no problem and had the most glorious tailwind, albeit some some rain and, and hail, but a glorious tailwind back in the town yeah. shouldn't have been a problem. I did not go left. I went right. That's just like the matrix thing. I I, I ate the blue pill. Or yeah, the, yeah, bre- anyway. Well, yeah. uh, and so it, it didn't go out that way. I, I did not make that time cut, but it was not because of the legs. And I think we even talked about, my prediction was, if I don't finish, it won't be because I can't pedal. It'll be some sort of contact point thing mm-hmm. boy my feet are yeah. a mess we'll show you a, a, some video shots of that. Uh, there'll be a warning here here <laughs> we'll do it now warning if you don't want to see missing skin and raw flesh look away for a few seconds okay you can look back right. <laughs> now uh my feet were a mess from the hike a bike yeah. so basically there was a mud section at mile i think a mile 11 10 or 11 And everybody knew that section was gonna be there. It had been raining since Wednesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. It's an unimproved section of road, meaning no asphalt, no good gravel, it's just dirt. And it was a mess. It was a slog, it was that peanut butter mud that my feet were like this big because of the mud, Uh, and they weighed a million pounds. But I talked to a fellow named Bob there in town. He reached out after seeing some of the video. Local, he's done the 200, the 100, he did the XL this year and he gave me some great advice rule number one when you see the mud get off your bike none of the locals ride that mud yeah do not try and pedal it so i didn't and so when we got to the end four miles later uh there was a little bit of mud right there that i had to clean out just because at some point i could no longer shoulder the bike anymore so clean that out and i was good to go nothing in the derailleur there were dozens and dozens of exploded derailleurs all over the place it was a mess um
0: And seized-up wheels. I mean, I saw videos of people with mud caked right here. Yeah, and and they couldn't get it out. And here, you know, with
1: wooden sticks, they couldn't. The sticks were breaking. Now, my wife is brilliant, and so I had a plastic, like spackling knife, and this little plastic tool with a scoopy end on it and a brush on the other end. Nice. So, what little mud I had uh, made quick work of with those tools uh, that she encouraged me to
0: bring. Yeah. Now this this mud was no joke and if you saw any of the clips I mean the, probably the the defining clip or photo that I've seen of this mud section was Will Matthews photographer uh he was he rides his motorcycle out on the course to get great photos he got bogged down hub deep in this mud and just left his motorcycle there
1: it, and that's legitimately I walked past him at that point yeah. so it was hub deep it was the bike was just standing by itself he was and he was (laughs) just going you know he he didn't know what to do yeah yeah i don't know what they would have ever done there's no way he got out of that on his own i'm sure he had
0: to go get it pulled out yeah he was not happy so now that that was early in the race and i actually saw a few pros comment on this that it was probably a pretty unnecessary section to keep in especially given the fact that they knew it was going to be like this um yeah how long did it take you to get through that four mile stretch I need to look. Probably an hour and ten or fifteen minutes. So without that section, assuming you you know you were in fairly good shape at that point, only eleven yep. and so miles in, yep. you probably would have made the time cut. I think so because I was only about an hour and twenty minutes off the
1: time cut overall, mm-hmm. it, and and that wasn't the only issue. The issue was, I don't know, I wasn't ex- expecting to do that hike. You think walking your bike should be fine, but I was pegged. I I, I put more effort out hiking that. I mean, my heart rate was in the 180s yeah. a lot of the time yeah. um, than I did any point of the ride. And so it took about an hour, two hour, hour and a half or so to get my yeah. heart rate back down, back on the sure. bike. And at that point, I couldn't stand up on the pedals. My feet, not only were the raw spots, the bleeding spot, spots hurting, but everything hurt on my feet and they were cramped. And I couldn't figure out why they were cramped because yeah. nothing else was cramped. Eventually, I figured out they'd Swollen. swollen. So, I undid the boa laces and essentially rode the last 30 miles to that yeah. checkpoint with my shoes wide open. Mm-hmm. Felt better, but I could not stand up on the pedals. Mm-hmm. And those hills out there, no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I had kind of guesstimated and talked to some people and figured what things might be, but they were far more, uh, uh, they were longer. And steeper than I thought. Yeah. Some of them were pretty good pavement. Some of them were golf ball size. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't really get up out of the saddle. So basically I was a lot slower. But by the time I got to that checkpoint, I'd gotten, so when we hit the mud, I was averaging 15 or so. Yeah. You know, easy with the group, no problem. Uh, When I came out of the mud and got back on the bike, that average speed was a little about seven, seven and a half miles an hour. Yikes. So uh, over the next segment, I got that up to about I don't know, eight miles an hour, seven and a half, eight miles, well, excuse me, eight miles an hour, close to nine. By the time I rolled into the checkpoint, it was at almost 10. So I was rolling at that 11 or 12 mile an hour
0: yeah.
1: range after I got myself gathered back together. Sure. So yeah, I think I would have made the, che- the checkpoint no yeah. problem uh, before that. And my neck and shoulder problems weren't as bad as they had been in training. Those last minute changes that everybody tells you not to make, Basically I just took a deep breath at the end and went what I've got is not working I'm just going to make my best okay. guess at something that will. it was those were all good changes sure, sure. Uh, and we can talk about bikes and stuff yeah. in, in a minute we're but anyway it, yeah. so that that section though and I, everybody's got an opinion and we all signed up for the race and it is what it is I think the argument that it's the spirit of gravel to just have things like that's it's, it's incorrect I think the spirit of that event or, or an event like that is Things are going to happen over the course of 200 miles. Race organizers and race directors can't possibly predict all that stuff. Mm -hmm. When those things happen, when it's a, a thunderstorm cell that dumps four inches of rain, which was happening, that happens. If that same thing had been 80 miles in and nobody could have predicted it, no problem. But it was at 10 or 11 miles They'd been watching that road for days. Yeah. Everybody knew that it was that way. And, and as I sat for three hours waiting for a ride back from Eureka to Emporia, one of the folks that was in the same boat I was had come from South Africa for the first time mm. to do that event. And his day was over in an hour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that actually brings us back to, you know. We could debate the spirit of gravel all day long. Yeah. And I don't really want to. <laughs> you know, the decisions you make as a race director, it's always tough. But you know, and they're never right. For they're never right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I do want to talk a little bit about the mental aspect of it because you know we you did a podcast uh, for Slow Guy and the Fast Ride with Yuri Hauswald, who's a former winner. You also did one with Kristen Leegin, who won the Unbound XL this year. Yeah. Uh, and so two people who are very familiar with the agony of what this race is is like. You know, once you got through that muddy section, I mean, mentally, how did you react?
1: I felt that? great. I actually was good the whole time. And, yeah. and, and there'll be some sprinkled in here and I'll do a little section of the on the bike video I did as we were doing that. I, I didn't, it wasn't a problem in the moment. It yeah. didn't become a problem until, I don't know, an hour or so after that, when I started to do the math in my head on, I've got to be at mile 79 by 2 PM and realize, and all of a sudden that's just not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, sure.
0: So with all the buildup uh, that you've done in the last six months and, you know, going there and then having been time cut at 77 miles, I mean, what was that like to realize that your race was over? It was pretty disappointing. But I think on the
1: other hand, and this is related, but my feet were destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. And, yeah. And I would have kept going because at that point I hadn't seen anything. I did not want to look in my socks at that
0: point. Mm, I never want to look in his socks. But, yeah. you, know. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> but I, you know, it was it's pretty disappointing, but... Even if I had made that cut, I don't think it was a given. I mean, my neck was—my neck right now is in pretty rough shape. Sure. But we were only about—I don't remember having exact, maybe 50 miles, 40, 50 miles from turning north. Mm-hmm. Not, not even that far from turning north into having the tailwind. Yeah. I think—I think absent that mud pit, I think—I think I'd have done it. I yeah. think I'd have, it would have worked out. I mean, I'd have been two o'clock in the morning getting sure. in that's a little disappointing to know that that was the plan. It was going to be touch and go anyway. Yeah. And it's this external thing, wholly unavoidable. And that road versus the road we could have taken, which was the route from last year, neither were particularly remarkable roads. Right. It wasn't It wasn't like we gained a lot by seeing sure. this section. That's a little tough to yeah. take. And and again, I, I've been a race director. Yeah. I've been. It's a no win situation. You can't win yeah. on that. I I just think that. It, they had an option that they could have actually won. And I really doubt anybody, anybody would have complained. I wish we'd have done that mud walk <laughs> because there were others yeah, and we knew there were others, but right. again, there were others at a hundred miles, right. who knows what's going to happen by then. It was really hot that day. Sure. That stuff could have dried out. Yeah, That's a little disappointing, but overall, you know, to experience, finally know what it means when they say, unbound chunky gravel that stuff's chunky yeah it's, it's real, chunky real chunky <laughs> it looks like the stuff they put in flower beds in florida because yeah. you can't have grass uh in texas you know but it's just big chunky yeah. rock i make great great equipment choices so i never had any trouble with that stuff um just the some of the scenery you don't yeah. think kansas is like that
0: yeah it's beautiful
1: it was it really it's just beautiful. amazing and and the again the town the town just really comes out
0: for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I,
1: I almost didn't want to say it, but even as we're standing in the rain at the end, see you next year. Yeah.
0: It's addictive, isn't it? It well, is. And, and now there's
1: some unfinished business.
0: For sure. And that's actually what I want to talk about next. Now, you do, given where you were in November, December, when we started talking about this, and, yeah. and it wasn't just a matter of, I want to go have fun. It was, I need to get my health back yep. in order, and I need to get my head back in order. And, yep. um, knowing that you did 77 miles almost certainly could have done the hundred at the very least, given that you were only 23 miles away from it at that point. Mm -hmm. What what do you, what do you say to your yourself from, from December? I mean, now that you're here, uh, because your, your goals were pretty lofty and you didn't get them, but no, but also, also quit saying December, you know, nothing really
1: started till late February. February. Yeah. And, uh, I meant it that last week when we're all talking about it, that if I never even got to Kansas, I feel so much better. Now we we talked about weight loss and, and weight loss wasn't I need to lose weight to ride a bike. I could ride a bike anytime. Everybody should be right. I saw Marley Blonsky yeah, all yeah. bodies on bikes. Yep. Is true and, and valid. Um but you know I lost about 10 or 12 pounds. Um I got my blood pressure much closer to controllable. And that was one of the extenuating factors of why there was so little riding, was just trying to sort that out. Sure. But that's gotten better. I feel better just physically. Um, I go out and ride bikes with people again and see people out at the little uh, mountain fountain station. We all stop out in Hygiene, Colorado. (laughs) It's just amazing. And I felt that in in the moment in in Kansas. And I felt that on the start line. And I felt that at that first water oasis where, frankly, I'd been out of water for 45 minutes and was completely cross-eyed. I felt that even when that moment hit me that I'm not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't stop. I could have stopped and had somebody called somebody to come get me right then, but I, yeah. I wanted to give it everything. Yeah. And yeah. if I didn't finish, I didn't want it to be because I, I gave up. Yeah.
0: Well, for, for, for somebody who watched this whole process and knows of the delays that we dealt with at the beginning and uh, knows how much you crammed into a very short amount of time, I'm very proud of you for doing what you did. Thank you, Dan. And, and I'm, I was, I was actually, I really did truly get goosebumps watching you go through the, the finish line. And that was awesome. So I think. You mean the start line? Yeah, yeah. That I, d- one. I didn't get to the finish. Whichever one. One <laughs> of the lines I saw you go through. Um, but I, I'm I'm proud of you and I'm glad you did it. And I hope this means that you're gonna do more. It is. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the gear. Let's do it. That was a that was a pretty good thing. Well uh, I'll put a list of pretty much everything I used down
1: there and I'll be clear about which parts we had support from because we did have some really good support for some good partners. Uh chief of which, the bike. Yeah. I'm gonna I, get out of
0: the way so we can see the bike. Yeah, I rode
1: you? this alchemy Ronin. Gravel bike, uh, carbon gravel bike, very nice bike. I'd enjoyed it before the event. Um, I made a tire choice. It came with Terravel Cannonball tires on it, but it came with the supple version uh, based on what Yuri said bring the meat and a few other. Kristen Legan's favorite tire, second favorite tire is that one. I bought the durable version of it. Um, I played with tire pressure because I'm heavier. At two, I was 220, whatever, 225 on the day. Um, I was going to run 40 PSI in the back and 32 up front, which is what I've been doing. But a quick check at some of that chunk and realizing that that chunk is serious and I can let air out, but I can't really put a lot in easily on the, on the course. I went with about 42 in the back and 35 up front. I think it was the best choice. I did almost skip out of a fast corner into a creek and there was a witness that I think she would have been pretty entertained, uh, but I didn't, but lower pressure would have helped that but that was nowhere near as prevalent as bombing down these descents with just crazy chunk i mean you just can't imagine the stuff in there no problem in the tires they were they were perfect the bike was perfect the only issues i had were two after the mud section cleared a little bit of mud out i've been riding maybe two minutes and the chain came off i just think there was some residual mud junk in there Took me a minute to get it out and get it back on. After that, it was fine. I could still use that low climbing gear. And then the first time I shouldered the bike, I noticed my bottle cages had rattled loose. So a few minutes later, I decided I needed to stop. And there was a fellow who had blown his complete bike up. His derailleur was off. He had multiple flats and he had a multi-tool out. So I pulled over and borrowed his multi-tool, tightened my uh, bottle cages up and that was it. Never had any of the trouble. Everything shifted great. The saddle choice, you guys know I struggled with saddles. Um, I bought two of these Physique Terra Argo saddles. Played with the position. This is the 150 millimeter. I had the 160 millimeter. This is the 150. It was brilliant all day. I had no saddle issues. Um, the Re- Revelate bag was awesome. I took a little Ziploc snack bag and stacked a bunch of mini Honey Stinger waffles in it and just set it in there open so I could just uh, flip it open, grab a waffle, and flipped it back over. And the wind sometimes it would just close itself. That was really good. I kept the little tiny camera in there, too, which, by the way, uh, pulling a tiny camera out of a Ziploc <laughs> bag in the rain and trying to use it, not safe in chunky gravel. <laughs> so I don't have a lot of the on-bike footage there. But I did have a GoPro, so they'll be sprinkled in a lot of that footage. Um, uh, the clothing was excellent. So Endura sent some of their gravel clothing. This is the GV500 Reaver, I yes. they call it. Uh, this stuff has been, it was great in training. I did not actually, I rode in a little bit of heat here, but the heat here, that was like back home heat. That was high humidity, yeah. quite warm. They did great. Uh, and I had, I wanted everybody to be able to see the little bit of Kansas on it. A little bit of mud. A little bit of mud there. We so think it's
0: mud. It might be cow poop.
1: It, I guarantee it's a mixture of the <laughs> two. Um. Anyway, it worked out great. It was hot enough that I did, I didn't mean to ride with it unzipped to show my, yeah hairy physique, physique yeah. but i got the zipper down to about right there and then the gut did the rest and <laughs> all of a sudden i was wide open and i went well that feels a lot better than i care if anybody cares what they see so i just kept riding that way yeah. but it did great it was you know flawless i never tugged on anything or pulled and it, it it's still wet i didn't realize it I was still wet i don't want no no i'm good Thank so you. that was great <laughs> uh same with the bibs these are the bibs from the same line um you had told me because i kept saying i I didn't smell
0: (laughs) those oh yeah about that
1: you had told me that i'd appreciate these pockets for trash yeah uh tell you the best thing was that's where my little putty knife went oh yeah so i was i was quick draw with the putty knife (laughs) i only needed it once or twice but it was pretty good bibs are awesome uh not a single little seam issue Mm -hmm. uh and we'll put links to all this in the description yeah there'll be links to all the bibs and stuff Stop by the Endura booth said hello to those folks nice people there so if you're into gravel goods, personally I still don't think I really care about the pockets.
0: Really? So I'm a fan, I like the
1: pockets. Good. And that's that's great. And there's a lot of pockets. Um I think I'd love to have this exact pair of bibs just without all the pockets. I don't know. They don't really get in the way. I didn't really notice them. But, you know, less material's got to be better than more. I think at some point for heat management, sure. although I wasn't hot, they were super comfortable. So I, that's probably it's been a long time since I really got into high-end bibs and rode them, but that's as good as anything I've ever ridden or better. So, well, there you go. I like them. Good.
0: What um, did you do with? Uh, oh, there you go. Oh. What did you do with uh, hydration?
1: So, I went back and forth on this. Did I need the extra? What a twenty ounces at the next size up? You you had provided. I guess Camelback sent you three of these. I mm-hmm. uh, played with all three of them. The top two sizes, and I'll put the names. This is the Chase. Uh, I'll put the names of the other ones, and but they had the same bladder size. Mm-hmm. And that third one was just a lot of bulk. So I pretty much immediately ruled it out. I would ridden in training with both the middle-sized one and this one. And given my expect- expectation of how long it would take me to get from place to place, it was enough water. This is a 50-ounce yep. bladder, two 24-ounce bottles. Should have been plenty. It wasn't, but it was only because it wasn't taking me three and a half hours to get between those. It was taking five. And it was really hot. It was far hotter than I thought it'd be. Kansas gets that way. And sip, sip, nibble, nibble was on my mind. And so I did do a really good job of staying hydrated. Yeah. But uh, I went with the small one. It was awesome. It, I'll tell you something funny. Um, I did not realize this entire pocket was here <laughs> until I was at the water race just trying to figure out what to do with these gloves I bought at a bike shop in Emporia because I didn't have any gloves. I don't ever wear gloves, but I thought I might yeah. need gloves. Probably smart. And finally I went, Oh, look, there's an entire other thing. So it turns out the one reason I was considering the bigger pack was a little extra storage. storage. There's actually more storage in this guy than there is that bigger. Okay. So I would make the same decision again. Um, e- e- that extra 20 ounces would yeah. have been nice because I did go a couple of times without water. Yeah. But anyway, this was excellent. Never really noticed it back there all that much. You can absolutely drain there is maybe an ounce of water in the bottom of this thing when you're done Mm -hmm. drinking out of it that's pretty impressive to me i kept um tylenol and uh, advil and duralite capsules Electrolyte capsules in this little pocket, so it's easily accessible. And I kept some extra mm-hmm. um, scratch lab single servings in there. So yep. It was just, you know, hundred percent good
0: all around. Man, it's almost like that Yuri Haswald fellow knew what he was doing.
1: <laughs> he does it, boy. What a nice guy! And he saw
0: me across a room, and we got the chat, and he yeah. signed a poster for me. Nice. And, uh It was, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Yuri, Yuri helped design this bag, and it was based on a lot of his experience, basically doing all these big events and well, like Unbound. Yeah. So, I mean, that is purpose-driven. Gear for for undone.
1: Yeah, and that may, medium-sized camelback is 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 a good pack, but this is just very specific for yep. what you're doing. Yep. You know, you don't need three gallons of water on your back, and you don't want to carry more than you have to. But you need a few places to stash things that you can reach and get your hands back on the handlebar, and that's just that's just
0: outstanding. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the whole experience, holistically speaking, between gear, experience, uh, training, uh, what do you think you'll change for your next? Event. Well, clearly I need to ride more. Yeah. Well, and I, no I've got to gotta figure out the shoulder
1: thing because mm-hmm. I just, that's just the, I mean, it's, it, it didn't really hurt all that bad then because I was, you know, speedy and Advil or ibuprofen. But it, I, that, could have been, that could have stopped me later in yeah. the day. So yeah. that, that's important. Gear-wise, I don't know. Um, I did start to think that a, a bike with suspension- might be pretty sweet, but I'm telling you, man, this, I rolled right through that chunky stuff and just, I felt like I was going through it as gently and, you know, doing my best Belgian cobble rider imitation, Mm -hmm. completely in control, never felt like I was not. Yeah, I don't know that I'd change that. I mean, more complexity might give you more compliance. I'm sure it would. I just don't know that it in, in, in what should be the most extreme condition, I didn't feel like I was lacking anything in right. the bike. I might love to try the Lycos or an adventure yeah. angled bike because maybe. Maybe a 40 – I went with 42-millimeter tires. Maybe a 45 or a 47 would sure. be nice. But, uh,
0: yeah, and, and, you know, with something like the Lycos, you know, has the drop seat stays. It's a little bit more oriented for getting you some uh, extra comfort, which may have been a factor. In, you La- Later on, it certainly yeah, could have been. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so much of the the impacts in gravel go straight to your neck and shoulder. Yeah,
1: and, and on the day, I was certainly wishing I had lower gears yeah. because yeah. I just couldn't get up out of the saddle. So I'm, I'm you know, at a 40-44. It was fine for most things, but there were quite a few times where, given my state at the moment and uh, carrying an extra 40, 50 pounds, yeah. I was doing three or four miles an hour for a long time, yeah. up some climbs. And, I, and the only time I had to walk a climb was the climb they call the biatch. And uh, <laughs> I got to it. They had a big sign for it. And I thought, boy, this is tough. Yeah. And I, walked, I rode past the guy that was walking, and we chatted for a second, and I kept going. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try it. Maybe this is all it is. Then you turn a corner, and it just goes to about 12 or 13%, sure. and yeah. it's golf ball gravel, yeah. and I had to get off then. But I wouldn't – who knows? Could I have made it? I don't know, but at that point, I couldn't spare the heart rate beats or the right. effort. Uh, so I would like more, better gearing, but we'll see. The next time I do something like that, if I'm 40 pounds lighter, don't think I need that. If I've been riding a lot, I definitely won't need it. So, you know, there was maybe – to an hour in the whole event that I wished I'd had that gear and and, and if I'm in better shape, I don't yeah. think I need that gear. What event you got your eyes on next? Well, I think the next big one that's close to here is Steamboat. steamboat. So we'll reset. We'll uh we'll check my my state in a couple of days yeah. and see what I think yeah. if I just give up on the whole thing. But I don't think I will. I, I think I quite enjoy that style of riding. Yeah, I think and I think it, I think you did well. I think for your first one. That was a a great first showing. It's hard not to be disappointed that we we couldn't finish. But, you know, there were other circumstances. We knew it was going to be close anyway.
0: Yeah. And uh, I didn't stop until they made me yeah that that's something to be very very proud of um just a, a very quickly a couple shout outs thank you to alchemy for providing the bicycle yep. uh thank you to feedback for uh, all the support you've given us so far this year and in a special thank you thank you to uh well endura of course for Endura's clothing clothing but also uh gore for yep. sending at the very last minute uh my favorite uh, jacket which I don't Focus. know if you ended up wearing it. I did not. The Shake Drive 1985. Yeah. Now, had I gotten to that checkpoint, I would have spent
1: at least 100 miles in that jacket because yeah. of the rain. Great. So.
0: But then, thank you for sending that last minute. We and really elite appreciate it. And providing
1: the trainer that I rode a very small amount, but 100 times more than anybody that knows me thinks I would have ridden <laughs> it. And, and last minute, uh, Lemar. We went in the Lemar booth. They'll, they'll have some sunglasses coming out. You can't get them right now. They're not embargoed or hidden or anything. It's just a customs issue. Uh, I don't remember the name of these glasses. Probably written on the arm somewhere. Uh, Hi, Horus? Hours? H-O-R-U-S? Horus. Um, you shouldn't change things hours before an event, but those 100% Peter Sagan glasses you let me use, they're really nice until they get something on them and they're tough to clean. So I I tried these photochromatic things. They were awesome in the dark. I could see perfectly. In the brightest part of the day, I was not squinting behind them. I thought they were fabulous. So, if you get a chance, try those uh, Lee Mars. I don't know what they cost. I'll find out and put them in the notes below,
0: but give those a shot too. Yeah. You. High five. I'm proud of you. I'm uh, stoked for your next ride. Me too. And Thanks, we, got, man. Yeah, we got super cool rebuild marks. We got shirts. some t shirts. Anytime you can make a new t shirt, uh, why don't you make a new t shirt? <laughs> exactly. Uh, be sure to follow us on Slow Guy on the Fast Ride on Instagram, at Slow Guy Fast Ride on Twitter. Mark is at Uphill Still on Instagram, also worth a follow. And uh, Strava uphill still uphill still so give us a follow and we would love to hear from you guys what did you think of the rebuild mark project what should we do next what questions do you have if you are trying to rebuild yourself we will do our best to get answers from not just from us but from some of the most uh, most the biggest minds in all of cycling uh, who are most prepared to win these races and uh, help others
1: yes complete them but, but then filtered through the correct lens of a, just a normal person trying to have some fun on a
0: bike us that's us slow guys that's us guys, in the fast ride. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you on the next episode of Rebuild Mark.